Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Slightly Focused podcast with me, your host, uh, Will George. Uh, today, Callum is still not back. He is still at home for the Christmas holidays and will be back soon. Uh, but today we are joined by a person who I've been a bit of a fan of for a little bit on TikTok and stuff, Dodford, aka Daniel. Is your last name, how do you say your last name? Is it McMahon? McMahon, yeah, that's, like, that's, that's McMahon. accurate. Oh, sweet. Nice. Yeah. So, I DM'd Daniel a while ago after seeing some of his videos and thought they were absolutely sick. And yeah, and here we are. So Daniel, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Will. You're very welcome. So first of all, I just want to discuss how strange it was the other week that we found out we actually only live about like 20 minutes away from each other. Yeah, well, it happened um, on more than one occasion, actually. As soon as I posted that video of revealing I'm from Norwich, I got a couple people saying, hang on a second. That's like right where I live. So yeah, you weren't the only one. Yeah, this man, this man lives near me. So it's very, very strange. So are you, are you at like uni then? Or do you just like, are you from here? I went to uni here. I went to NUA for three years, graduated last year. And I'm still floating about because um, London's the next, London's the next destination. But you know, you need a bit of money for that first. So I'm just oh, sticking yeah. around here for a while. Yeah, the NUA crew. Yeah, I'm in my final year. What did you? What was your degree in? Was it in film? Film and moving image production. Yeah. Oh, shout out Liam and the gang. Oh, what a guy! What a guy! Favorite yeah, dude. Yeah, I know. I know he's such a legend. I think Rogue uh, is definitely up there as well. What a, what a man. And Richard Bracewell. Uh, everyone loves Richard. Everyone loves Richard as well. Yeah, I, my, my specialist in this year is documentary. So I'm, I've got Tao all year, which is also not too bad. I like him, so it's good. Good, yeah. Well, you're a bit of a documentary guy then yourself. Yeah, like, well, I just wanted to do documentaries because like, I kind of work by myself. Like, I find I work better by myself as opposed mm-hmm. to sometimes doing group work. And I wanted to have my own film that I could kind of like start on, do everything for and then see it like kind of progress sure. which i was like kind of happy about which which should be it should be good fun yeah i just can't believe it. i was like oh he's from from norwich it's kind of kind of sick so yeah That's it's, always, it's always crazy when you find people who like you don't think live near you and they're like oh they do yeah yeah well we're just everyone is just an average person when it comes down to it so they've got to live somewhere yeah exactly. and i really like Church. it in norwich it's a really good place here yeah it's got some good creative vibes definitely anyway, we'll get into uh the meat and potatoes of it so just for the people who don't know who you are <laughs> just explain a little about yourself who you are and like what do you do um so i'm danny i'm 21 i'm a video editor i've been um a non-professional and professional editor for about 10 years on and off and but a content creator for roughly a, a year and it's i started on tiktok around this time last year um with editing tutorials i loved i like to make tutorials for anyone who's interested in editing it was you know unique music video effects or just cool techniques that i wanted to show people um and it stayed like that for a few months and then eventually it it progressed into uh, a bit more of a broader audience and i did all think things all filmmaking um breaking down scenes looking at history color grading philosophy just all types of different content um but the the main focus since i started has been all about editing and helping people improve on their um storytelling skills through through editing and using you know getting clean presentation in every video you make so yeah that's that's where i am yeah that's yeah that's, that's that's pretty accurate yeah because the first thing i noticed like when i saw your videos is that like, you had this very unique uh, sort of like editing style i can't remember it was definitely one of like your color grading videos i came across like ages ago um it might have been like the uh grand budapest one or something mm-hmm. but it was uh, yeah it's definitely had like a very unique style so like how did you uh like get into get into filmmaking and like editing because as you said like your like your main base is is editing even though you did like a you're from a filmmaking as such background so how did that like how did you like realistically well just get into filmmaking in general really and how did it like sort of progress um well, at the very beginning, like I'm sure many people who are in the same sort of position as we are, um, you start as a 10 year old, you know, picking up a camera, shooting random stuff with friends. That's at least how I did it. And I made really crappy horror movies as a kid, um, posted them on YouTube, just, just to make things constantly. And then, um, when I was like 15, 14, I had, had like a very, um, prominent call of duty phase where I was like editing montages and, you know, video game content and stuff. 
I, I did that for like three years and then um but like the main interest always was i wanted to make movies i wanted to get into the film industry i wanted to go up the ladder uh, the, con the <clears throat> sorry the conventional route um but I think as I reached my third year of uni last year, I uh, realized I wasn't actually interested in movies, actually, so, to put it bluntly. And I was more interested in this sort of short form world, uh, like social media content and stuff. Um, but still, like the main, I'm still passionate about movies and storytelling. And so that's what leaks into my content, like blurring the line, sort of, you, you know, taking what has made the film industry so successful and putting it into these little crappy videos. Yeah, I 100% know what you mean. I think, yeah, you're right with like everyone's trajectory. It was very similar to mine, like picking up a camera, filming random stuff. Yeah. I went through a making YouTube video phase, making montages, edits, and then, yeah, and then kind of going from going from there really. But I feel like, once again, like you, you talk about it similarly how I do like I started at uni same as you did or literally on the same course of doing like traditional filmmaking and realizing oh maybe this isn't like for me sort of thing and I'm very much sort of like I like doing like work and brand work sort of thing and like social media stuff similar to you now yeah which I find like more interesting but like do you still enjoy like the film side of it sort of thing because you like discuss it you discuss film a lot like on your channel and on your um tiktok and and stuff which i think is is great so where did like the whole i guess like a lot of your editing comes through after effects like a lot of your uh a lot of the editing comes through like after effects so where did where did the after effects like sort of come into because i know how much the pain in the ass after effects is to try and learn um i've like like literally just scratched the surface of after effects yeah well so have i uh the reason i put it off for a long time and my whole content for the for the longest time was um solely premiere pro because I did everything in my power to avoid After Effects. I just spent, you know, everything I could to to try and work out how to do everything in Premiere Pro. Um, Stick to what you know, really, isn't it? Yeah, and like that is yeah. <laughs> part of the reason why I, I got so strong at it. It's because I was forcing myself to stay there. But uh, yeah, it's really important to actually know when you should branch out to other software, which does things um, easier. And I've been doing that the past, like, only only like two or three months I've been using After Effects like every day and I've still I'm like just on the very surface like maybe you and it's really yeah like I'm that's that's very impressive like because I say I like I really like like the simplicity of it like how I literally literally before you text me to get on this call I literally just saw your Spider-Man video that you posted about an hour ago um because I saw like like the poll the other day and I did it and I was like oh that's kind of groovy mm -hmm. and I thought I could kind of see where you're going with the video yeah and to be honest you You've turned that video around in what, like a few, two, three days, maybe? Yeah, I had if the idea that. for it two days ago, I think. Boom, and that's out already. That's that's crazy. And like, I think like the whole like when you have the different characters and you kind of like zoom through it and stuff with like the pictures. Like, I don't know how to do that on After Effects. I have like a rough idea of like that was how a premiere. Really? Yeah, that was a premiere. I did a I did a Adobe Live last night and. <laughs> Uh, show people how to do that and it really is you know only takes three layers just using like gaussian blur really ah see i should have should have been there yeah congrats on that by the way that's sick that you're hosted an adobe an adobe live thing how was Thank that you. uh it was exhausting actually it got to like 20 minutes towards <laughs> the end and i just kept looking at the clock like when is this gonna finish it was it was draining it was like physically taxing which i wasn't expecting but it was still um yeah still a massive privilege i didn't i didn't think i would ever be able to do that at least not this this quickly because it's gone life's gone like super quick the past six months yeah i about to say your videos just sort of like blew up and like came out of nowhere i saw so many people resharing them around i've definitely shared a few of them i saw people sharing the uh color grading sex education and i said like all your different like color grading ones which was which were really like awesome i think like that like definitely got your foothold in the mm -hmm. thing and then you made the video about francis the train guy yeah of tiktok which sort of like that's got what 3.1 million views on tiktok at the moment i think yeah, i checked it this morning blew up quite a bit yeah everyone loves the train guy so yeah i think i, I that wasn't um that wasn't premeditated. Like I didn't know that was going to happen, but there was an inkling inside me when people, because the train guy was popping off at that point. He still is now, but it felt like a couple of months ago he was massive. Um, and yeah, the color grading videos, it's a strange one looking back on them because I, 
I made so many of them and they were like at a time sort of guaranteed success. I could make a color grading video on any um, recent film and it would do all right pretty much every time, which is, you know, expecting- Because it's hot and, because it's hot and relevant, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, and like you can never guarantee anything on TikTok, but those color grading videos all, like almost were, but I never enjoyed making them. They were always, um, I just, I completely dreaded them. I dreaded making them and I didn't feel like they were uh, exercising me creatively enough and I got very bored. And then eventually I felt like I was trapped in like, I was just the color grading guy. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to break out of that. Yeah. You never want to put yourself in a corner and I, I was scared of breaking out of it. And then I had a few conversations with like friends who were also TikTokers and they say, yeah, never just like make content for the sake of it. Um, and do what you want to do. And since then I've done that. And I feel like now I feel like there's no shackles on anything you make, which is the best way of doing it. Yeah. Your, your content now is so like varied. Like I watched your, uh, your corridor crew video, um, the other day and that was like really sick. And then how they, how they then like re replied to it sort of thing, like the oh. whole video essay, yeah. video essay start. Uh, I, I was like, it. that was pretty, that was pretty sick. And, and what I also thought was great is the fact that on your YouTube channel, you have about two and a half thousand subscribers, but then the video itself has got like five and a half, nearly six now. And for YouTube at the moment, I think that's a pretty big feat to be able to have have done something like that. To because like if, if like a normal person just uploaded a YouTube video and they had like that many subscribers, they might not necessarily get the views that they get for uh, the amount of subscribers. And I thought that was sick, and the fact they reached them as well in such a short amount of time, yeah, was I, also. I, I don't know how the impressive. algorithm on YouTube works because maybe because they the commented, mystery. it showed more people or something. But I posted it on the Corridor Crew subreddit, and that got a couple people to go over. Um, maybe they saw it on that subreddit. I'm not sure, but yeah, it was an amazing oh, yeah, way to yeah, start, start yeah, 2022 yeah that's a massive w that was that was really sick i think as i said like they're such like cool dudes and have been in the space for such a long time yeah for sure they, yeah it's just like good um like gratification good way to start the year as well i guess of i think that's just like yeah majorly impressive i like the way you like linked your content between the two like you like i knew about the video because I think you'd mentioned it um, in a previous TikTok, but then I saw it again when you did like a, a sort of like a short promo where you stole clips from the video and then put them into the, uh, then it's like, I'll oh, go check out the video sort of thing. And yeah. then I was like, ah, oh, pique the interest. And then you've got like your TikTok people then potentially going over. And there's, I think that's the first time I've properly seen someone like link two social platforms together very very succinctly because it wasn't like a complete shill mm. it wasn't like because when i like when i said i plugged the, my podcast on tiktok it's like i'll oh, go check the new episode of the podcast gets about like 150 200 views whatever yeah. probably like one person listens or whatever and it's like the style of that is completely different to the to what the podcast is but then yours is like the same it's like just vertical format of what the video is and then you've just like just pushed everyone over to that and i thought i was like it's pretty groovy and as uh, i rated the video so yeah you got some really good comments on there as well like i was going through and i was like oh, that's, yeah, i was i was um hesitant to post that like tiktok version of it um because yeah i from experience trying to like m merge two separate audiences or like push them over to something else can go awry sometimes sometimes it doesn't work usually but yeah i think maybe the way that i like presented it in that one was a little bit more um, sincere. I don't know, but it, I'm glad it worked. Yeah, definitely. I think it came across really well. I think like that sort of style is good. And what I also am very impressed with is somehow the, the TikTok algorithm loves you, even though that you the uh, that you use a much more higher quality, f higher quality style of content. Like with TikTok, it's just like nothing but people filming on their iPhones or whatever. Yeah. Then you're coming in with your your like full camera set up with your groovy graphics and stuff and then tiktok will still push it which is which is which is interesting because i think everyone at the moment is trying to discuss this whether is tiktok does tiktok lend well to this higher form of content like youtube does because you said like youtube videos are so well polished nowadays like yeah it's hard to differentiate some of that between like a movie like corridor crew as you said like it's like tv so well done yeah it's like tv uh so well polished but it's tick where i feel tiktok is so much more like 
as it comes and it's not it's really refreshing to see some higher form like higher quality like more polished content like actually work well especially for people like filmmakers and creators because all of us have all this really expensive gear and then there's people just filming on their iphones putting us out of business sort of thing so yeah well I've, I've got two things to say to that um the first of all is I actually don't own a camera, so everything you see from me mm. is shot on my iPhone. So I am really? one. I am one of those iPhone scrubs. Yes, but, but that is the best looking iPhone quality I've seen. In maybe it's just like forever. the the way I, I color correct it or something. I don't know. Maybe yeah. What do you? What iPhone is it? Um, an iPhone 10. It's an old iPhone, but it it does the job apparently. Uh, yeah, that that does. Oh, I mean, yeah. I just putting it through post processing in general. Anything outside the shot, outside of the TikTok app itself. Like, yeah, that's I'd true. Push to this, like, yeah. And that's pretty impressive though, so. But yeah, and oh, also what I was going to say. Major props to you. Um, I, I don't, so do you really think there's like a, like the higher quality content is stifled on TikTok? Because I, I don't know if I would agree with that. I don't, I don't think. Mm, I, d I don't, it depends. Like it's hard to, from what I've seen, and from personal experience, like I have about two and a half thousand followers on TikTok, which is nothing compared to your mighty hundred and seventy-five, but a uh, thousand. But I do think that the the content I've posted that has gone more like viral, like fifty, sixty k views, was the stuff I filmed on my phone that I thought was just ah, that's just like shit, whatever. That won't do very well. But then the content I sit down, I sit here, set up, get my camera set up, get all my lights set up. And then I find that that, that stuff doesn't necessarily do as well. I don't know. I don't know if that, that's still the case now because I haven't posted like a, a TikTok that I shot from my camera in a while. I'd like to do something I was thinking about doing this week or whenever I get time is making two identical videos, like word for word, shot for shot, exactly the same on like the same topic. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know what it is. Like, uh, I did like a, a random book review about this really great book uh, that like really helped me out. So I was like, if I did that, shoot it on my iPhone, then shoot it and on my camera and see exactly like post it up and see which one does better. I think it would be like an interesting experiment. Yeah, that's definitely a good see. experiment. I I would say maybe on TikTok people are people on TikTok are used to seeing the, like a certain type of content, aren't they? And it just inherently allows for this specific like handmade sort of authentic like on the go feel and there's more of that there's like you know i bet when 99% of people on of the users on tiktok are making that type of just shoot it on shoot it on the go type of video and so people like you and i that's it's already a minority so you're going to see less of it whereas you know maybe 9 tenths of of the of the videos that go viral are going to be that 99% which are um you know, just people shooting on their phone anyway. So I think maybe there's just there's just less of it, less of it. You know, overall in general. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if like because I see a lot of viral, high quality content. There's a few people who are yeah, amazing on TikTok. It's, I think it's de it's definitely like a strange thing. I think that TikTok is very unpredictable with what it pushes. I mean, it depends yeah. where like you look at the content. Like if you're looking at extreme sports content, like you see like Red Bull videos of people like cliff diving, skydiving, skiing, whatever. And most of that's shot on a GoPro or or like some form of like head cam or something. But whereas like other things of like, I don't know, a funny dog video going viral, it's not going to be shot on like a, a DSLR. It's more likely to be shot on like a, a phone. That's so true. I guess, yeah, it swings, it swings and roundabouts, I guess. Have you, um, so it's, it's strange. Have you heard of a guy on TikTok called Resider? Can't, ooh, let me have a little look. Uh, uh, no, not from, what, what does he do? So he, yeah, his content is all like cinematic, uh, high quality, high production value, little short stories. Um, How do you spell it? R E C I D E R, and um, R E C I D E R. Yeah, and he he goes viral like every single video. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. No, I have seen this guy. Yeah, he, um, you definitely would have seen him. Um, and his content yeah, is yeah. his content is um, yeah, really high production value. But because he's leaning into what TikTok want in that short, super short, uh, digestible format, then he he's found so much success yeah i have seen some of his videos i think that's really good and also there's the other guy i can't remember what his name is um he's the guy who makes like he lives in new york he makes like those wes anderson style videos about his friends have you seen them where he's like this is my friend lily she does 
Rings a bell. Um, Rings a bell. That I have to find his. I have to find his name. I DM'd him a while back. Um, I'd recommend oh. uh, Darren. Darren. Darren as well. He's great. Darren. 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 Yeah, it's amazing content. <laughs> That's so. Darren. 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 Oh yeah, yeah. I think I've also seen some of this guy's content as well. But I think it's such a great place or TikTok is such a great platform for people who didn't have a voice on other platforms to like come through. Yeah. I think. Well, it's the easiest one to grow a platform on as well. Oh, for sure. Oh, I'm trying to find what this guy's name is. This is really, <laughs> it's really bugging me because I literally, oh, it's, it's gone. I have, I have to try to find it at some point, but it's... I'll, ta- I'll take your word for it. Yeah, he, he makes like this like very cinematic style content and it's but I, I can't some of his stuff is either clearly shot on a phone or shot on uh might be shot on a camera but it's it's like this Wes Anderson style like he makes all these different stories about his friends and it, it's like if Wes Anderson shot on an iPhone sort of thing and it's, oh, it's really sick yeah I, I've totally forgotten what his name is I'll have to try and find it but it is his, his content's really good but it's I, yeah as I said it's, it's an interesting space to be in at the moment that was gonna be like one of my next questions like where do you think that like video content and like potentially your content will like live in the future sort of thing um, well, I'm making it a 2022 goal to um, slowly move away from TikTok and onto YouTube because um, I felt like it's as much as as much as I love TikTok, it's and how much it's done and how easy it is to get you know an audience. It's I don't I don't view it as long term sustainable. In if I want if you want to stick around for a long long time, I think YouTube really is the place to be or definitely you need some sort of area you there some, you need to diversify exactly. I, I agree with you i think i completely agree with you i was i was talking about about this or i might have heard on another podcast with someone about like trying when when growing socials about like how hard it is i think tiktok is the easiest to grow on but do you have the staying power that other platforms have then yeah. i'd say instagram after that um instagram is like once again it's a very sleek platform a lot of edited very highly edited content um once again but it's hard quite hard to grow an audience and yeah. then youtube is the hardest to grow an audience on but you do have a lot a lot of stay in power and have the potential to to really like hit it hit it big sort of thing yeah and i think some people have worked worked the other way like if you look at someone like david dobrik went from vine so short form to youtube making longer form content yeah then now gone to tiktok to condense what was already a condensed form of vlogging into 30 second skits each time i think it's interesting but i think for for content like yours definitely youtube fits it best because it's very like as you said or like your your newer videos are more like video essays like the um uh the corridor crew on which is sick like i really love watching video essays there's some really great ones out there that i like watch yeah like yeah writer and people oh amazing yeah no writer. i um what was i gonna say it's funny because well david dobrik now is also you said he's gone on to tiktok but now he's also made his youtube videos longer so he's he's also at the same time um relying on hit on being able to tell a story in a in a longer format and in a more relaxed sense and that's what youtube allows um tiktok sometimes it's i love it because it's a challenge and you have you know a limited time to condense everything and express everything you want really quickly and that's that's an exercise yeah but that's good that i definitely think that that's a good part of tiktok squeezing sure. content down into this like bite-sized chunk but it's also it's you know inherently it's also a limitation so you're never going to really people are never going to really know you as much as you could on other platforms and that's why having something like youtube where you could be more personal be yourself more is is necessary if you want to stick around i think oh yeah i definitely agree with that i think you can be authentic on all platforms i feel yeah i feel people have built very authentic um like uh communities and stuff on all forms of platforms but i definitely feel that youtube has this has this different level to it and as i said like there's especially with tiktok there needs to be a fine balance between creating short form content that people watch this short enough for them to be engaged for the whole time of the video 
but long enough for them to gain something out of it, but not too long for them to be bored. Yes. Sort of thing. Because TikTok have now added three minute videos and then I sit there and see a three minute video and I think, geez, that's really, feels really long for the platform. Then I'll easily absorb three minutes of um, a Casey Neistat video, Corridor yeah. Crew, whatever, whatever on YouTube. Um, but so it's so it's so strange and i feel like trying to find the balance for me on tiktok to start with and even still now trying to find this like happy medium of short form to long form content and where to drop like your reveals in and stuff uh it's hard like with your spider-man video today like you had spider-man from the 80s and you'd like you, everyone probably like oh spider-man will be played by whatever but that's the most important person that everyone would scroll off but you did it the other way around so spider-man's the last person you talk last about one. so you get people to stay around to the end yeah that was, that's that was the game. like how exactly there you it's, go the, the main difference um well the main difference in from tiktok with everything else is that uh you're not in control of what you see obviously and so when you just accidentally scroll into a three minute video it's a surprise and not one it's not a welcome one really is it no one ever looks at three <laughs> minutes and like oh i want to i definitely want to stick around with this because the first two seconds is what's going to define your interest in it. And that's so hard to condense three minutes of, of what your video is into two seconds. But, you know, on YouTube, you've got a title and a thumbnail, which can say pretty much everything. And that's what, that's what makes you click on it. Um, so I don't know if TikTok, do you reckon, here's a question for you. Do you reckon TikTok could do with a bit of YouTube's, um, mindset and have like a sort of separate section with like thumbnails yeah that that could be kind of interesting the only time you ever have a thumbnail is if you physically go onto someone's page yeah. then that's and even then i'm not too sure how much that impacts the viewing no of the video because how often do you end up going onto someone's page and going on a tiktok rabbit hole of dodford videos or i don't know someone's videos like i'm sure there's people that have done it i mean i yeah. did it like to like look at some of your stuff but how many people realistically, out of all the people that follow you or view your videos, out of the 3.5 million people that watched your uh, Train Guy video, how mm. many of them clicked on the profile and then watched the other videos? Yeah, My I guess know. Is, it's probably a minority. Yeah, but I think yeah, exactly. if there was a like a dedicated section though, like a whole separate tab where it was thumbnails, like recent videos, just like YouTube, uh, where, where you could see everyone's videos like in one without having to scroll down that would be that would completely switch up tiktok and i bet it would divide opinions so much it'd be very controversial oh def definitely but I, I would so, be interested in seeing it though yeah because tiktok is so algorithm based yeah which is a good thing and a bad thing like i could really see that i could be following you and never see one of your videos come exactly. on my for you page and then like i have two and a half thousand people following me i don't get two and a half thousand views every every time i post a video and yeah. most people that watch my videos are probably not even on like follow me it's interesting like i used to like look at the analytics a fair bit every time i posted a video like last year i think i did six months posting daily consecutively i think it was six wow i really can't remember that's very impressive it was six it was six or three i can't <laughs> i really I can't remember it was such a long time ago anyway I, I posted every day consecutively as like a challenge for myself yeah and and in that time, I only got two and a, I say only, I was pretty happy with it, about two and a half thousand followers, which I was pretty gassed about. But then some people can like make one video and just go super, super viral. Like I had a couple that like popped off a little bit, but nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah. And it was just, it was just interesting to see. Like if I posted every day consecutively on YouTube for six months or on any other platform apart from TikTok, I reckon I'd be rewarded a lot heavy, a lot more heavily for that as a result. Yeah. I feel. It's definitely but true. But because... But because TikTok is so algorithm based, I can make one video that actually just sends it out of the park and gets like three million views, or whatever, brings in a whole group of people, and then like you just can't replicate it again, which I think is is so hard, and it just makes me it's it's pretty impressive that you have these people like the D'Amelios and like all these people who are massive, massive on the platform that can consecutively hit crazy numbers. Yeah, but yeah. I, I don't really know what. It's hard to really define what the difference maker is in, in something like that. Like when someone is already a name, already has found success like that, then keeping that success and making sure every video bangs is kind of just easier in a way. You know, you could talk about Mr. Beast and there's an argument, you know, people will argue that because 
because he's Mr. Beast, every video he'll makes, even if it's just a, like a 30 second video of him breathing, will get millions of views <laughs> because it's him. But, you know, the reason he doesn't do that, you, you, you would never see that from him because he's so determined to keep pushing himself and over exceeding himself. Mm. Um, and I don't know if the Demelios will do that. And that's why people like Mr. Beast will have a, a long term stay here. But the Demelios probably think, won't. But with Mr. Beast videos, I don't find myself watching the video for him, him. himself. No, exactly. That's like, why I wa you watch it for the thing. Like the reason the Squid Game video went so, so viral was because it was what it was. Like anyone could have made that video if it said Squid Game in real life with 350 people or whatever for however much money it was. I can't remember how much they paid for in the end. Like, wasn't it like 100 grand, 150 Four, grand or something? $456,000, I think. $456,000. Yeah, yeah. You could play for that and then and put, that in the, put that in the title and it could be made by some random person, right? And I've, I think it might, if it got the right traction and the right promotion, it still could do as well. The thing but is though, you're right. You're completely right. But like, no one would. No one would accept no, that man. No one has the balls except Mr. Beast because he put so much on the line for his videos. Like I remember hearing on a podcast, like when he got his first brand deal, they were going to give him, I can't remember, because it was like the one of the homeless people videos. Yeah, got 10,000 like, oh, or something, didn't he? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it was initially going to, the brand deal was only for five grand. And then he was like, no, 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 give me 10. I'm going to give it to a homeless man. Trust me, this video will go a lot more viral than if it's five grand. Like why? Because it would be great in the thumbnail and the title. And as a result, it did. And then that kind of like got him tra traction sort of thing. And then from there, it's just all this video has just been nuts, like giving away houses, decorating yeah, houses, touching cars, like <clears throat> who can touch the car the longest sort of thing. It's just like, what? Like, it's crazy. Yeah. I think this man went super viral initially for counting up to a hundred, was it a hundred thousand or something? I can't remember. I was five. not around at that point. I've only seen him when he's been doing this crazy shit. So yeah, that was like what he did initially. He did a really long counting video. I can't remember what number he counted up to, but it took him five days to do. Well, we all and start somewhere. Like, maybe that's maybe that's our turn. <laughs> yeah, but I, that, yeah, it's so hard to know what to do. But yeah, I think it was pretty crazy. And he has, I have major respect for him and his videos. He puts so much on the line for them. Exactly. To, yeah, maybe that's what it is. It's it's high stakes, and audiences are aware of that. Yeah, and I think that's what what people enjoy. They enjoy this form of like high stakes content. He spends so much money on these videos. Like the the Squid Game one looked so good. Like the production design on it was incredible. I, yeah. I couldn't believe how great it was. And like the behind the scenes, how they like <clears throat> the effects, the the bridge and stuff. Oh and yeah, it's insane. It's insane. It just looked, it just looks so good. Even and it, it looked like it could have been the show. And like. I think it got more views than the actual show itself. In like I actually the initial... thought um, in that video, the the ending bridge scene in his version was more dramatic than in the actual show. Yeah. It's, it's a testament <laughs> how to how well he did it. Yeah. And the fact that he ended it with playing like uh, musical chairs was like great. I thought it was so good. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's just testament to him what, what he can do with the power of... Um, well, money realistically and like just great ideas because it's not necessarily his original idea. This guy, like the guy who directed it or wrote it, like wrote it, it was taking like eight years to do. Yeah, that's but the thing. But it's the persistence like, of, of, of replicating it himself. Yeah, but I guess that's once again, it's like nothing is an original idea at the end of the day, isn't it? It's like everyone, it's like the whole internet is like just everyone's seen ideas sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. Well, where do you get your ideas where, from? Oh, good question. Um, whatever's well for like TikTok, it's just whatever's hot or what. What I think would be interesting, like I said, I made a video the other day, like a thirty-second video about this really great book I read that I think would be, like would be really great for creatives to read and just people uh, called the Four Hour Work Week. It's a great book. You should go read it. Um, I was like, because one of my friends recommended it to me ages ago, who's also like a videographer. Right. So I was like, ah, oh, did this, blah, blah blah. Got like two hundred fifty views, three hundred. 400 views i don't know didn't do very well at all but like that was like an original idea but then sometimes i'll do like things linked with sounds and stuff and then other times i'll post my content that um that like i like client work and things i just go out and shoot with my friends sort of thing just because i like enjoy that that's like the thing that that i enjoy the most is like shooting things like cool footage like b-roll and stuff drone shots that sort of thing and then yeah. cut it all together post it up and sometimes those videos do kind of really great and it actually shows like shows the people who are like following you what you can actually do and like what you actually know sort of thing 
And that's yes. what's great about your content. Like you tell you tell a story in your thing, you show people what you can do, and people appreciate, oh, this is cool editing sort of thing. And then they get like some cool value from it, which I think is I think is great. Like it'd be interesting to see if you if you did a video, like you did your video explaining how, I don't know, a color grading breakdown for uh sex education but filmed it from your iphone filming your laptop screen uh, as opposed to like once again the same thing i said earlier about rep- directly replicating yes. a tiktok yes. on a through your iphone unedited unedited straight through tiktok and then put through premiere pro uh whatever and then like put I've, it back to tiktok and yeah this is this, this bit of a conundrum I've, I've dealt with in the past because there have been moments where i thought if I just like leaned into what people expect, or is it going to find more success? You know, if I if I abandoned this really flashy uh, high graphics intro and just did the classic, you know, TikTok lady voice with the text, is that going to have more? Is it going to fit the algorithm better? But then I thought, I've always ended up leaning towards. Um, I'd rather just have stronger brand integrity. You know, rather do my own thing unapologetically and and stick with it rather than yeah. than you know feel forced to copy what everyone else is doing because it's working I'd, I'd rather put the extra time in to know exactly put the extra time in to make things how i want it to look in my ideal world and that's that's what people expect now so you can't i want to keep it that exactly. way exactly i about to say you're so deep into your, your whole branding like you could scroll through your tiktok page and it look consistent whereas mine is an absolute mess <laughs> like there's some of it it's like there's like stuff i shot on my sony and there's other stuff that's just shot on my phone and it's like complete mess but i really don't care like i said like this is yeah it's like portfolio ish but i i treat like my other platforms like instagram as i said i treat instagram with a much more higher level of respect than yeah tiktok like i i probably i don't necessarily curate it as such but like i try and put my better content up there like my things i've ed- probably edited and whatnot um, yeah which is which is which is interesting and same with like my website and stuff but that's different but yeah, that's that's like why what, what I think. And then like YouTube's the same. Like you wouldn't find me posting a uh like a TikTok style video. Not to say like a shorts, but like um like you'd like film a TikTok just like, you know, um straight to straight to YouTube because it just wouldn't wouldn't do well. But you could yeah. upload uh, one of my higher quality like B roll style videos to YouTube to shorts and it might do a lot uh, a lot better sort of thing. So it's really interesting, it's isn't so, it? There's, there's so many factors yeah. at play in in everything and you can never can, you never can totally define what it takes uh some people are just really good at at sniffing out exactly what's needed from every platform and it and it works for them but you know i think it's something yeah. that it doesn't come natural it's something that you have to find through um and viral content as well if everyone's chasing it sort of thing but some people will like go out of their way to deliberately make videos they think will go viral like mr beast and there's other people like like you that made a video you thought mm, this might do well but then it kind of like just kind of like went to the moon sort of thing yeah i never i never i don't know about you but i never have i never try to have any expectations um because you know, in the beginning, I would I'd be making a video and be like, "Oh, this is going to be a banger! This is going to be a banger!" I thought this one's going to hit a million views, and you know, inevitably, it never does when you think about when you think yeah. it will. Um, and it's always the ones which you think, "Oh, I'm proud of this. I'm, I'm happy with how it's come out." And then maybe that's what gets recognised. I think it's just something you have to be it's so, really believe in. So hard, yeah. And, and that's what you know, finds the success. I, I think people need to get out of that mindset of being like, "Oh man, this video is great." Um, this this video is definitely going viral, and then he said like it doesn't. Like I I've been in that mindset at several points, sort of thing. And like the more you do it, like you more kind of like need to get out of that. Not saying like expect disappointment, sort of thing, but yeah. sort of just go in with like a neutral head almost to try and be like right, this is just another video that's going up, sort of thing. And yeah, it might do well, it might not. Like I made a TikTok a while ago for this comp- competition for curries they were like oh, what's the best tech tip you've got sort of thing so i made one about like focus peeking on a camera posted it just as i was doing it as my daily thing didn't think anything of it didn't go super viral didn't do anything i then curry start following me on all my social platforms like wow. hold on this is weird get, get a dm off them <clears throat> yeah and then turns out I'd actually i'd won the competition and i was like oh, oh shit and i was like five grand's worth of tech and oh, i was cool. absolutely gas so i was like oh sick so like like they these noticed it, like yeah. these, 
yeah it was like these like Bose headphones and stuff I was like oh sick I won them I won loads of stuff and I was like I, I end up selling most of it because like some of the stuff I didn't actually need but um I was like just the fact that I'd won it like the video wasn't viral and someone had noticed it and like I've talked to so many people that have got jobs through content that they thought was like mildly average and then they're like oh no we saw your video on TikTok and it was like it was sick so like yeah. would you like to make like make some content for us sort of thing and yeah i think that's that, that's the great thing about tiktok is so relevant at the moment that's where everyone is finding people yes so it's trying to it's trying to stay relevant on all platforms really like if i make a uh similar to you i guess like when you did like your spider-man one i saw it on reels but have you posted that to tiktok as well yes yeah yeah so there you go so it's like content that can be like put across all these platforms sort of thing um, yeah yeah and well which is great having having um fingers in, in all the pies is really important um and it also means that if you've got you know stuff going up on instagram and tiktok and youtube simultaneously then you know you've got three chances three different separate chances of it doing okay which is um oh yeah definitely the goal that's a good experiment as well as we've like kept coming back to <laughs> yeah it's like yeah, it I've had goes, videos on TikTok. TikTok usually get way more views because I've got like 10 times as many followers, right? But like um, Instagram, Instagram, the videos sometimes on Reels can just do crazy numbers because... Yeah, definitely. I, 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 I found that. I don't know, really know what it what it is, what's different about it. Like Instagram Reels audience are just, they like to see different things to TikTok. It's weird. It's so strange. There's no I similarities. It's so odd. It's so odd. Like I've posted videos on reels that have done absolutely awful. Yeah. And then like I've posted another video and it's gone like, I have like 500 followers. So anything more than 500, like 550 views, I'm pretty gassed with. And I have some that get like four, 4,000 views. I'm like, oh, this is great sort of thing. Yeah. So I'm just like, wow. And it was, it, it's nuts. So I think it's like, it, it's so weird. But then I can post that same video on TikTok. Even I've got more followers on TikTok, it will do less views. And it's like, hmm, it's weird. Yeah, it's very strange. And once again, the algorithm is odd. I remember sitting there one time, I was playing COD last year with my mates. I posted a TikTok and I sat there, posted it. I checked it after like two minutes and I was like, had like 700 views around. I was like, oh man, this is kind of popping off. And I was like, I checked it again, like a couple minutes later and eight, I think it was like eight minutes in, it had like, it was just going through the roof. I was like, there's like five, there's like 5,000 views on it. I was like, in five minutes, I was like, damn shit i was like shit and then i checked it i was playing a game of warzone and i checked it after the game i was thinking man this had five thousand views in five minutes imagine after this 20 minute game how many views is gonna happen i checked <sighs> it again it's like and it was like it like it stopped at like six thousand. i was like what yeah like yeah the algorithm just stopped it all of a sudden i was like you did just push this content for the first 10 minutes and it's just stopped all of a sudden i was it's like so weird what is going on yeah that's happened to it's, me many times yeah because you can't it's again it link, links back to just not having expectations because then in your head i mean obviously it's not your fault at that point because you know you got you have like you give yourself a little projection little projection map in your head of where it could be going and um it's never it's never realistic really i mean i've gotten quite good now at sort of like mapping in my head where it might be in 24 hours but um it's usually like if something starts popping off at the beginning it's not good to get your hopes up because TikTok, for some reason, likes to just like, hang on, you're getting, you're getting, you're getting ahead of yourself there. And push yeah, it, you likes down. To, it likes to crush your dreams exactly very quickly. Yeah, it's just ah, oh, TikTok is one of those like strange ones. But also, I noticed. So, what do you uh, actually do? Do you make income off TikTok and stuff, or what's your, what, where, where does your other forms of, like, where do you bring your videography and like your editing skills into like your uh like financials and stuff do you do like freelance editing because i saw the other week on that tiktok you made me went to london that you're working with that doctor guy but for the life of me i can't remember what his name Dr. is Karen. But i see him everywhere yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he seems like a pretty chill, he seems like a pretty chill dude he's very nice yeah it's um <clears throat> i don't make any money from tiktok like not straight from tiktok whatsoever it's i think my creator fund right now is like 250 pounds since i started like a year ago so it's it's not sustainable money straight from the app but uh yeah, so it's given me all these freelance opportunities and uh, time, like uh, opportunities to work with other creators and other people on YouTube. It start. It gave me that Dr. Karen gig, which I'm now working with him consistently. I've done. That's sick. I've done like five or six TikToks for him, as well as a few YouTube videos. So it's. So do you shoot? Do you shoot and edit for him, or how does it work? Because you said you don't have a camera, so I guess you use like his stuff. Yeah, he. Uh, 
I guess he like saw me as just like an all-in-one package uh, before really knowing me uh, because he hired me and then I turned up to his house. Um, he gave me this camera and I was like, what do I do? I'm, I'm really not good with cameras whatsoever. So I just kind of like improvised it, managed to shoot some videos. Um, but then, yeah, as soon as I got home and started editing it, that's when like, that's when it's, I consider it really my job because that's, um, that's my forte. But like not, I'm ne in no uh, means a videographer. You prefer sitting in a dark room and yes. just editing away. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Some people like, I like the whole package. I like the whole thing. I like just, I, like, I love my camera gear. I love just being able to get it out, shoot stuff, go to cool places, film with cool people, come back, edit it. And sometimes I find myself getting like lost or bored in an edit. I'll sit there and I'm like, man, this is, I'm like, oh man, I'm so lost. Ah, oh, there goes four hours. And then sometimes I'm like, man, this is like, oh, how much, how much longer this edit have I got to go sort of thing. But I, but I really, I do enjoy editing. I need to spend more time, like, as I said, like learning, learning more After Effects and stuff. Like I, I started to learn like a bit last summer and then kind of like stopped. I need to like get back more into it. Like, I downloaded this big like motion graphics pack the other day because I pay for an artist subscription and they were like, oh, here's some cool motion graphics for you. So and then, like, I opened up all the After Effects like um, projects today and like there's some really cool stuff in there to like play around with. So I might see how I can try and like learn. What, what would you like? I've, what would you want to actually learn? I don't know. I just want like, I feel like After Effects is such a daunting piece of software to like just start with. I say that like Premiere was quite that like that to start with, but but like, yeah, you, you, should, like, you shouldn't really like go into it with a, a complete, with a complete blank slate without having any idea. I think the best way to let the way I've done, been doing it is um, using it to bounce back and forth from Premiere projects. So I'm in a project in Premiere Pro and there's like one specific thing I think After Effects will help with. Then I'll just link it to an After Effects composition and that way I can learn um, exactly what I need learn. to do. And that's yeah. the best way of doing it, I think, as opposed but to just doing it broad. The, broad. But that's the thing, but I don't know when and where I'd need to use After Effects because I feel like I don't know what you'd, you would have done. I feel like, oh, I can do that in Premiere. But I'm not too sure what effects I could sort of use to like enhance the video already that like, i can kind of bring it into after effects and then how do i google this what uh how to make cool spinny effect in after effects so it might come up like that. you might be surprised on youtube yeah, there you go yeah so i just kind of need to find like a way into after effects because about the only thing i can do is like position track stuff so like fix text to uh like a an area yeah. and then like you need know, like floating titles and stuff like i was practicing like i did like a drone shot and i put like just put my name and I was like Will George and like the drone like flew through it so I was like yeah. oh that's kind of cool that's pretty cool I was like, it. yeah and I was like I started learning that and then <clears> yeah that's that's like about as far as my um just start with like start with goes. um really simple uh, like animating paths like it's really good for just animating a line I do that all the time I need like a, a circle or like a line to go around something or you know just like an underline it's really good for just Oh Making yeah, because you like do, animating you do all your highlighting and stuff on like different. Yeah, well, I do the highlighting uh, in Premiere. That's easy. But like, if I want something a bit more um, specific, you know, then I, I'll move doing that After Effects easy peasy. Yeah, I have to. I would say like, it's one of those things I need to kind of explore more of, really, to try and find out where um, where I can kind of implement it into my work. Because I know there's so many cool things that there's like so many cool like videographers use After Effects to really like just punch yeah. through like effects and stuff and i bought a new macbook recently so i know my laptop can handle it so i should i feel like i shouldn't be scared of trying to use it a little bit to try and um you just gotta do it what, yeah you just gotta get into it and yeah. just the best way of learning is like, just, just to practice is there any like good youtube channels you recommend for after effects stuff because i feel like i just end up gravitating i just go back towards peter mckinnon the whole time and i feel like i need to kind of branch out a bit um not off the top of my head i guess pete mckinnon if he's that popular probably has some good stuff i've i've watched a few of stuff few of stuff years ago but um since I, I don't know i've watched a few like evan abrams stuff i recommend that channel um i spoke to him in person as well one-on-one -on -one, and he's like an after effects wizard i think wait who, who was that sorry my headphones just started playing musical all of a sudden uh <laughs> ec abrams i think uh, or evan abrams I would, yeah, suggest him, but I don't know. I guess if you really want to take it seriously, then maybe look into a paid course. Yeah, I think courses are a good way to go at the moment. Um, I feel like it just cuts out the middleman of having to 
go on YouTube and find everything. So I feel like I get lost in a YouTube scrolling hole of just like, does this video look good enough? Mm, does it have enough views sort of thing to yeah. be like relevant? Whereas like if you just buy a course sort of thing. And it's even it's harder now since they've got rid of the dislikes on YouTube. Can't even oh, tell. Yeah. Have, I, have they? Yeah, they have now, haven't they? So, yeah, not, so you can't even tell if a video is worth it at this point. Uh, yeah, mm, not not the one. Because don't you have like, uh, is it a course that you have sort of thing? Or like a little crash yeah. course on it was a, editing? It's for like Premiere Pro beginners, um, people who are not new to editing, but maybe new to Premiere Pro um, and want to just like go the extra mile in learning um, from start to finish, like what it would take to to start a project and end it. And it, I did it last month. It's up on Retrieve uh, and it's for like, like I said, beginners, but it's, it's something in there for everyone. It's my, it was my first course and it was a lot of, it's a lot of work to put it together. I wasn't expecting it to be, um, but I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do more this year, but I'm just at the moment thinking about what it might be because I'm leaning away from like the nitty gritty technical editing tutorials. And I don't really want to do another course for that. I think I might try something a bit more abstract, like a, like a storytelling or a, or like a video in like a whole oh, video yeah, making good. course as opposed to an editing course. Yeah. I think, oh, there goes my pen. Um, yeah, I think that'd be really sick because storytelling, I think is a very underappreciated part of the filmmaking process. And as both people who went to anyway and did the film course, we both know how the important power. story is. Yeah. The power of story, story is king and everything. And you can have, I say this a lot on the podcast, you can have pretty visuals and like crazy transitions all you want. But if you haven't got a great story, then you've got nothing realistically. And like, even with like content like yours or sometimes like mine, you can still plot out a course of like a, a three, act, a three act structure, like, uh, with your, uh, Spider-Man one, let's say, uh, so it's like, so introduction act one, what is it you're doing? Okay. We're discussing if Spider-Man was made in the eighties, the, the middle bit of like, who are the characters? Oh, the climax is Spider-Man then sort of outro. Okay. Cool. Three act structure. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to be complicated. Like and that's a story. And like, I, I don't, I don't know if in TikTok content like that, I necessarily always consciously think of it. I think, you know, it, when I did, um, when I do my YouTube videos, when it's longer form and I've got like five or, or maybe even just three minutes to say something, that's when I'll actually use like a, like a story wheel. I made a Beatles video, um, on YouTube a couple of weeks ago and I used like a, the Dan Harmon story structure and it's, you can put that in almost any video you make um I, and I do that in longer form content but when it's when it's tiktok videos i don't yeah i don't know if it's something that i consciously think of but it's i i've always known that you need some sort of driving force uh to, to bring, so to bring forward. it now by uni that you just kind of done it <laughs> maybe maybe it's richard bracewell like just drilling it into my ears yeah <laughs> Shout out, shout out to Richard. Shout out to Richard. Was that, what, what, did you do, what was your specialism you chose for your third year? Sound. 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 Yeah, there would Super be, Liam, then. there would be no Dodford if I hadn't done sound that year because it was just what got me into like the whole post-production like sound and editing yeah. sort of world and I don't think I would have started the account if I hadn't done sound. Thank you, anyway. Thank you, Liam. Thank you, uh, Sound Production. Big up, Liam Wells. Shout out to, shout, shout out to Phil as well. Um, <laughs> what a guy, yeah. What a guy, what a guy. The most zoned man at anyway. Yeah, for what sure. a guy. He's like, he was, he's just aware of the, he was, aware of the he was, fairies. He was, he was at, that's a um, legend. He was at the, at the graduation in September and he just, in a, in a world of his own, in his cool, like, fancy graduation cap and gown, it was amazing. What a day. He's, like, so great. I love his, like... Uh, his home screen on his Mac, it just makes you laugh every time. It's like what, that stream. What it's like a little like it's like a doodle. Like it looks like someone drew him on paint.net. Uh, I was like it was like it was like his like Mac screen. I remember when he used to like screen share and stuff when we were in like some of the suites at uni doing sound stuff. It was like it's just like a really strange drawing of him. It looked like someone drew him on paint.net. It was good fun though. I like that. No I one like that. no one listened to this podcast unless they go to uni with me or have been to anyway know anything that we're on about right now. It doesn't matter. It's I, I, bet it's, I bet it's a universal 
universal thing. Loving your everyone has a course everyone years. has a fill. Yeah, everyone, everyone has, has a fill at their uni. Yeah, definitely. That uh, quickly going back to your the structuring thing. When it comes to video essay, how how do you plan out your your videos? Do you write a script and stuff? Because this is always something I've struggled with. Like even with like making TikTok videos, because sometimes I just forget what I'm what I've got to say and go off at a tangent sort of thing. So do you write out a script and then how do you do it when it comes to filming? Uh, well, for example, that corridor video, it was, that's like six minute video, I think. And I, tr I approached it like an essay. I wrote, I wrote down a full essay. Uh, it was like two A4 pages. It has an intro, three paragraphs, a conclusion, all the paragraphs of point evidence explanation. You know, they're all like, it's, I'm treating it like it's in Erica school. Erica would be proud. Yeah, of course. Erica would be proud. And, um, and you need that because you need, you know, it's a video essay for a reason. It's, you're trying to tell a point, trying to ha bring people through it to the end. And so you're not going to be able to have a succinct, uh, cohesive video that tell, that says everything you want to say if it's not, if you haven't got everything you need on paper. And then I, I use that as a script. It's not always word for word. Uh, sometimes I'll edit it while I'm recording, but usually I'll memorize it word for word, like the full five minutes, um, like I did for the Corridor one. And then... Wow. And then speak it to the camera. I'll, I'll be looking that's, back and forth, of course. I don't memorize all of it at once, but yeah. That's pretty impressive. That. Especially when a lot of that video is clips from Corridor and from other bits like online. Yeah. There's a lot of cutting away from you. So to be able to just be, say you filmed the whole thing, piece the camera, have it in the bag sort of thing, that's pretty good. Like, yeah, I, think I usually... That's pretty impressive. I always try and include those little snippets of other people talking and I... Sometimes people uh, would do that afterwards and like sort of just find gaps where they could put things in. But like I always try and do that before. So I always plan for those cutaways in the script. So I write down the quote from Ren or Nico inside the script. Yeah, I think there's a lot of times, like, especially when I've been editing as well, like I know where I want to put a cutaway. Like I know like I want to have a bit here or a bit there when it's relevant sort of thing. Then sometimes if I'm just like kind of like just like just going for it sometimes I won't necessarily do that but I think that's a very good like way to have and especially like when it comes to structuring I'm so used to especially from uni just writing everything down like being like okay I want cut away here cut away there voiceover on here yeah sort of thing like I'm so used to it so I guess that's like once again where film schools kind of came in clutch and like helped out but I think that's definitely a really interesting approach to to um to take to take to the, the video do you like screen record all the bits online then or do you just like download the videos um in the past i've downloaded every single clip i've needed but for this one you know corridor videos are like 20 minutes long so i wasn't gonna do that normally what i do is i'll open up obs um and then you can like pause and play a recording and so i just record it get what i need from that corridor video just pause the recording open up a new corridor video play it again so i've got like one long obs recording which is like five minutes but it's got all the snippets i need oh yeah that's pretty smart that's that's a pretty smart way of doing it to be honest with you yeah as i said that's that's always interesting me when it comes to video essay how people are able to memorize and do all that which is damn impressive to me i watched that's some um, i watched um one of those things i don't know if you i don't know if you've heard of gb asmr but um, he's a YouTuber who does like ASMR videos. And I always thought that people who do ASMR videos are just like improvising it. It's a role play, right? So they're just making it up. I thought that was the case, but I saw she did like a two hour long behind the scenes uh, breakdown of how she makes a video from idea to when it gets posted. And she had the scripting process was insane. It's like, you know, she does a half an hour video and it's word for word scripted with like the pauses and the beats and like, she's like writes down take a clip out of the hair it's insane like i i didn't wow i didn't know how much goes into it but i think that's something you have to put into your own work that sort of that sort of mindset that's incredible i think it definitely takes the edge off it having a script um be it having like scripted content definitely like takes somewhat of an edge off it because i i know yeah. especially if i've been filming like a client project or just something where i've wanted to just like if I go out with people I, I, if I could went out with some friends like I used to shoot at the beach a lot in the summer with my friends I'd like sometimes I'd go down there without zero plan just go down there for fun take my camera take whatever shoot stuff 
Then I come back and feel like in the edit, I'd be like, oh man, I wish I'd had this or something. And then the next time I go down, I'd, I'd have like three or four like shot ideas, like main shot ideas in my head that I'd want. I'm like, right, okay, I need, like, I just want you to walk up this dune like this and then wave at me or something. And then I feel like a lot more like chilled out about it sort of thing. Even as much as I enjoy like just going for it, I think definitely having this script, especially for someone like that, even though it's ASMR, I can imagine that would like de-stress her a lot. For sure. Especially when it comes to content like that where you do have to be kind of precise like you are doing like very specific things so i can kind I of think, see i think you know if it was something like your content where it's um you know like just going out shooting improvising then you don't want to like put yourself in a corner too much and try and have like a very strict idea it's, it's good to like work on the spot and improvise it but like you said, if you're too fluid with it, then you then you can find that it's difficult to work out what your story is afterwards. So no, normally if I was in that situation like you were, I don't think I would have like specific shots in mind. I guess this is just like your videographer mind compared to mine, but like I would go in with, with like, <laughs> a, um, like a like a line, you know, or something like uh, blank, like my so-and-so friend has just realized, uh, has just gotten some awful news. And then you could do, like shoot your video in a way that would like express that, but it's only in your head, only you know that. And then when you're in the edit, you can sort of use- That's a really interesting way of like- In a way of finding the story. Yeah, yeah, you're, you know the story ahead of ahead of the time. And so when you're filming, you know what you're going for, even though now you're you not that. doing that literally. That makes a lot more sense. Like if you said, oh, this is a story of my friend learning to swim in the sea or something, like instantly I'm sure now I've said that, that you've got some ideas in your head, like, okay, cool. Let's think of like three shots that you're going to have to build this this thing. So exactly. it'd probably be them walking onto the beach, them actually getting into the sea and then them coming out as three shots, right? Then the announcement of that actually makes But you need like, you know, if it's learning, for example, if it's like you're learning to... If, you, if the video is about your friend learning to swim, then you need some sort of um, obstacle, you know? So like sh you need some sort of um, hesitancy. You need a shot of them like being afraid of the ocean. It's like just from that one line, you, there's so much you know you need. Um, and that's why you need it ahead of time. Normally my main inspiration uh, for finding ideas is um, music. I'll take it. I'll take it literally. I'll find like a, a song that jumps out at me and then it's one line from like a lyric from a song or some or something or a chorus. And it's, you can use it as like inspiration to bounce off and. Oh yeah. I find your music is so well picked. Like yeah. uh, your Bonnie and Clyde one. Didn't you use Rich Girl by um, Hall of Notes? Yeah. Was yeah. it that one? Cause I remember you used that song. I love that song. That's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. And I didn't, uh, I didn't find the song after the video that, that song, that video came because of the song. No, yeah, no, I feel, and I can feel that through the video. Like I can feel that that, that song was purposely made. Good. It felt like that song was p p perfectly made for that. And like I said, like, I feel like you're, you you pick music. Chef's kiss. So, that's, so I, guess well that's, for, I guess that's a, a positive of TikTok because I wouldn't have been able to post that on YouTube without getting a copyright strike. Oh yeah, bloody YouTube. They really need to kind of do something about that because every other platform doesn't have a problem with it apart from YouTube. Instagram so. can be pretty bad sometimes. Oh yeah, it can really hate you. Like I, I like working with a client's business account. Like you can't use anything, but I've noticed other bigger brands also, even though their business accounts will still use big songs. So I kind of use that as a basis. And if they can get away with it, they might be. They might be I paying. Can, there are like platforms, uh, like websites, where you can pay for like limited licenses for massive songs. So they might be doing that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I pay I do pay a license for like Artlist and stuff because I some of the music on Artlist is actually really good. Um, but before I was paying them for the fee, I was just downloading the music from that was on Artlist from YouTube. So uh, saying, cheeky, but, cheeky, 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 cheeky. <laughs> yeah, which is very cheeky. But I thought, well, now that I'm kind of like finishing my third year of uni. I kind of need to be thinking about getting like uh, doing things more legit. That's the thing the book, about so. becoming like a professional is that you have to actually start acting like one. You know, I I had <laughs> I had like cracked cracked versions of Sony Vegas and Premiere Pro and Photoshop for like you know my whole child from like the age of 10 i never paid for any of those softwares how and that's how i learned but now you know mm. now i'm in the real professional world i've actually got to start paying for it you know how it is yeah i'm just still sponging off my student one to be honest with you because oh. like last year they're like 
because like because it came in there like ah oh, here you go have the whole adobe suite for free and i'm like thank you that saved me 16 quid a month yeah we had that for, we had that for the last year yeah. as well and then as soon as it ended i was like oh shit and as soon as it ended i was like ah oh, now i've got to start paying for this luckily though yeah, this, adobe, this adobe did hook me up with 12 months so i'm still not paying for it shout out to adobe for being the plug for you after yesterday that worked out quite well didn't it it has yeah you've managed, it has. You've managed to wrangle your way 12 months free of uh subscription and just to see if i could about. see if i could got, get back on it in 12 months time just so i could avoid paying they do they do like a yearly like conference thing i don't know if you've seen this like adobe do this like yearly create a create a cloud like camp creative cloud thing where they do like they have like a whole conference of like they get creators and different people to do different panels on every piece of their technology or every one of their softwares for people and i watched a few of them like last year that was kind of interesting was i don't know like when a, they do it was it like adobe max or something yeah it might have been yeah. i can't remember what I it was but that, that was like yeah the, yeah but it's really sick and if you could get on there i'm sure they'd hook you up with some well, you go with some stuff. We'll see what twenty twenty two offers. I'm got no expectations. That's always the motto. I think that's a you've done you've done pretty well for the first week. You've managed to uh, make a corridor crew video and then then uh, com- comment on your video, and then you've managed to land yourself a how long was it? Was it an hour long? Two hours. Two hours editing. Two, a two hour a two hour editing uh, thing with Adobe, and they gave you twelve months free. Adobe Creative Cloud subscription. So personally, I think that's a fat dub uh, so far, for the first yeah, week. So far, well, we keep yeah, pushing. Yeah, so far, so good. What's what, what? What are we up to next week? Are we uh, are we making a full on feature film next week or something? Like uh, getting all that like paid for? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I I don't think I have anything massive planned. I'm just gonna see what happens. See what happens. Yeah, at least until someone else decides to ring you or something. So yeah, I checked. Did, did, did Adobe just slide into your DMs then? Were they just like? uh email gmail email yeah always nice fair enough well yeah good good to good to know that they're that they're looking out for for creators and stuff i think that pretty much covers it we have discussed everything from tiktok algorithms to liam and richard yep from uni the guys uh, and i think it's pretty much covered it you've helped me revolutionize uh how i'm gonna make out shot list now by creating a phrase and then Good. going from there which i think is absolutely genius where did you find that because is that a uni thing because if it I, is they didn't tell me that i don't think I, I don't think i was taught that that's just how i would do it i think that is that is genius you should probably write a book on that <laughs> well um, we'll see we'll see yeah, yeah. anyway it's been thank a pleasure thank you so much for coming on the podcast that was a cracking episode i feel like i could have talked for a, a lot longer but we've got got wrap up at some point i need to get some dinner actually I'm, bloody hungry what are you gonna eat uh i i have i think it's i think it's bangers and mash for dinner oh I that'll think. do that'll do classic yeah the classic the classic british staple we're really stereotyping ourselves here as like yeah two british people talking about bangers and mash everyone who's not from the uk will oh, have this an is, idea this is not, on this is not beans on toast ah uh, no beans on toast is great though i had ham egg and chips the other week for dinner. that was uh that's yeah to get more traditional than that yeah i guess so yeah anyway i'll wrap up the podcast thank you every ugh. thank you everyone for listening for making it this far callum might be back next week he'll be back at uni so who knows he might be back if not oh i do have some more guests coming up soon but yeah we'll try to get another podcast in with callum in the meantime thank you so much for coming on that has been great great to chat it's been great thank Bye, you everyone see you later